Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the content that shaped us, made us. Wow. <laughs> Dang it. You didn't think I about for- that, did you? <laughs> I forgot I had to say it until we were doing the counting. Oh no. <laughs> I think it was culture that made us. What did I say? Content. Dang it, I always say content. You want to try that again? Across, welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the content culture that made us. <laughs> welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I'm sorry, it still takes getting used to, okay? Wow, we got on the third try, that's all right. You could edit out the other two, right? Although that I just said that, so, oh well. It's That's fine. okay. That's fine. I, th- th- I I feel like uh, actually that was about right for uh, 2020. <laughs> yeah, it seems it seems so promising, and then we just tripped on the door frame. <laughs> right as we entered the house oh. of the new year, we I, fell across the door frame and <laughs> really, I like was so ready. Knocked I was like, out yeah. a couple of teeth and broke our nose. And yeah, <laughs> new year. I was new so year, oh man. Year. So ready to talk about what we were going to talk about today. I was like, "Yeah, this is good. We have we have, we have content." And then as we were doing the count, and I was like, "Oh God, I have to say what the subtitle of the show, and I forget what we made it." Uh, well, you may not understand based on Riley's uh, introduction there, but in case you didn't listen to our last episode, just briefly, our show is sort of different. We're all still here. We're all still talking. Still called still buffering. Yes, and we're all still um, of different generations. That has not changed. I did not time travel. Mm-mm. No TARDIS has arrived to Mm-mm. fix that. But sadly, we uh, we now are going to talk about stuff that like movies, TV shows, <laughs> we're talking music, about stuff. books, whatever that shaped us when yep. we were young and impressionable. And and we will each bring something new each week. Uh, but before uh, we get into that, Riley, you had an experience which emphasized exactly why this yes. change was necessary. I uh I went to the local Starbucks the other evening. This get, is a coffee establishment. Thank you, Sydney. <laughs> to get some some work done. Um and this group of teens, and I realize I am 19. I understand I am a teen. When I say teens, I mean like middle school probably, like 13 or 14 years old, like fresh teens sat down at the table next to me and they started talking. And one of them called the others babies. They were like, oh, man, I'm so old. I feel like I'm basically an adult. I'll be 15 in a month and you all are only 13. I was like, whoa, dude, you're not an adult. You're like, you're you're a baby. And then they kept cursing. And it was like, stop cursing. You're, you're so little. Don't curse. I didn't even know it. I didn't even know what bad words were when I was 13. OK. All right. That's, that's not true. I didn't want to say them. Yeah, you knew what they were, and we they, tried to get you to say. You them all tried the time. to get me to say them, but they freely were just—they were everywhere, and they kept, um, like, they at first I think they were pretending, but then they were really like snorting the cocoa powder and the cinnamon that was on the table at the Starbucks. Oh, that's a bad idea. And taking videos of it to put on their Snapchat stories and like make TikToks of it. And they're like, oh my God, this is going to go so viral. We're going to put this on TikTok and it's going to get so many likes. People are going to love it. I was like, I am so glad. I said on Twitter, I was glad Snapchat wasn't a thing when I was 13. And I realized it was like it did exist, but it was not something everyone had. I certainly did not have one. And TikTok yeah. certainly was not a thing. And no one was doing crazy things to make videos of it and put it online. 
Well, people I mean, have been doing crazy things yes, to make videos yes, of it. Yes, but that was yeah. not a thing on on those you know social media platforms like Snapchat and TikTok when I was thirteen. I hope they stopped doing that. That's not really great for your nasal mucosa. I know. I felt like I felt like morning. such an adult when I wanted to be like, "Hey, c- can you guys just? I don't, you're being loud, but that's okay. Can you guys just stop?" doing that that has to be bad for you please stop please don't hurt yourself (laughs) please be keep keep yelling keep doing whatever you want but just don't hurt yourselves (laughs) and then um they all walked out of the establishment after deciding whose parent was going to drive them home and they had to call parents because they were all too young to drive and that was a very nostalgic moment where i was like oh i remember when i had to call everyone's parents to see who could pick us up and then they all walked outside and as they were walking out they turned around and dabbed at the entire establishment and left I think is, this is all very charming. I mean, other than putting <laughs> the, the cocoa powder up your nose, which like, hey, we've all done it once, right? Right? But, you know, uh, everything else about that is I think that's it. Look, kids. They're big kids. They're, you know, doing Well, things. that's the thing. I wasn't annoyed by any of it. None of it was, like, bothering me. But I had a moment where instead of seeing them being like, ho, my fellow teens, I understand every interaction you're having. Immediately, I was like, oh no stop it no and then I didn't get it and I felt like I was such an outsider I felt mm-hmm. old I wasn't like That's bothered yeah I wasn't bothered by any of it it was just very strange to see these teens and be like oh no I don't I don't get it so that's in short that's why we don't do teens anymore I'm glad that, stuff. I'm glad that dabbing is still a thing <laughs> I didn't um, know it was I'm glad to hear that it is and that it is still as inscrutable to me as it was when I first learned of it, <laughs> uh, because I don't know why you would turn around and dab at Starbucks. I don't understand the context of that. I don't know, like, are you dabbing in salute? Are you dabbing in thanks? Are you dabbing in like a negative? Like, I got you, Starbucks. I yeah. snorted all your cinnamon. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the dab means. And I'm glad I still don't understand. <laughs> it's, a, it's a contextual thing, you know? It could be a greeting as well as a goodbye. It can be an encouragement as well as a celebration of success. That dab has many applications. It's like aloha. <laughs> it's just an inflection thing. Yes. <laughs> I will say I've tried many times to try to teach your, your almost two-year-old how to dab. Yeah. She has not picked up on it yet. I'm no. hoping we'll get there one day. Charlie knows how. You're, you're almost 34-year-old still hasn't exactly got it right. So, you know, <laughs> some people just don't have that, the dab skills. It's true. I certainly don't. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. No, it's okay. It, it was a very uh, reassuring moment because when we decided to stop talking about teen stuff, I was like, man, am I? are we doing it too soon? Am I not old enough yet? Am I still a baby? And yes, I'm still a baby. Mm-hmm. But... We made the right decision because I don't understand the, those kids today. <laughs> Charlie started telling us about a game that she liked to play called Cheeky Peekers. Oh. Um, and uh, we kept trying to figure out, like, where did she learn about this game? And how do we not know about it? And are we so out of touch that our five-year-old knows about something that we don't know about? And then we realized she made it up. Uh, okay. Oh, that's it just great. means It just means you're playing cards with someone and you look at their cards. <laughs> Cheeky peekers, and then you're a, then you're a cheeky peeker. I love her so that, much. That sounds that's, that's very British. I, that mm-hmm. sounds, it does. She invented the game, cheeky peekers. I hope that she develops that further <laughs> oh, into an entire so game. Like that's yeah. I'm into the that. goal of the game is to secretly be a cheeky peeker. Cheeky peekers. See, that's a, 
She said, one of the one of you is the cheeky and one of you is the peeker. <laughs> and well, I said, what do you do? And she said, well, you look at the other person's cards. Wait, though, does the cheeky look at the other person's <laughs> card or the peeker? Because I would assume the peeker, but then I don't know. That's cheeky. They're cheeky. I think whichever one Charlie is is the one that gets yeah. to cheat and look yeah. at the other okay, cards. <laughs> I don't even know what card game we're playing. I just know that she gets to sh- cheat. It's go fish. Okay, so there are three roles. There's the cheeky, the peeker, and the Charlie. <laughs> Only one way. Who's what? Whatever suits her. Yes. Uh, your assignment this week uh, was to watch High Fidelity. Yeah. Yes. This was, and I did. This was my idea. I um wanted to be fresh up on my memories of it, so I started watching it last night and then fell asleep about thirty minutes before the end. So I finished the last half an hour of the movie before I came to record today. Well, good. So. I have consumed it. Of course, was a book originally by Nick Hornby and then a movie that came out, I believe, in the year 2000 uh, starring John Cusack. And uh, I have to admit, while this is no longer true before everyone yells at me, this used to be one of my top five favorite movies. Uh Top five. Yes. Mm. That's good. I also used to have top five favorite everything Probably because of this movie. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, but this used to be one of those for me. And mm-hmm. I was not alone. I I would say, Taylor, you can probably attest to this, that there were a lot of people from our collective generation that loved this film. Yes, absolutely. I remember, I never had the enthusiasm for it that you did, but I definitely remember liking it, or at least trying to like it, pretending to like it, because it seemed like I was supposed to. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely thought of it more fondly than on the rewatch. It was definitely a thing that in general was considered good culture. Yeah, I, uh, I had not watched it. I had heard the name of the film before. I had no idea what it was about until watching it this time. And I did not like it. <laughs> I, I could see the... I'm not shocked. Yeah, I could see the the cultural context having some influence over things that would never be in film or media today. I feel like you have to expect that from everything from like, you know, any time in the past. Um, But I just found the main character very, very awful. (laughs) And I didn't like watching him or trying to root for him in any way because like I didn't like him and I didn't understand why he had had so many relationships it's it's hard like him so for for those of you who haven't seen high fidelity we're gonna spoil it sorry but it's also (laughs) it's 20 years it's been 20 years years. yeah come on (laughs) older than me more than a riley (laughs) amount of time to see yeah (laughs) um but generally speaking in the film john cusack is our main character rob who uh has just been dumped and decides to revisit the top five worst breakups of his life Mm -hmm. like in both in like flashback storytelling form and then in literally finding these uh former these exes and and finding out why he keeps getting rejected is Mm -hmm. kind of his premise um and that is that is the sort of the story of the movie he is also it's it's i think relevant that he owns a record store Mm -hmm. he considers himself and they say this in the film like an unappreciated genius when it comes to liking music yeah <laughs> that's it he, he's very good at liking music he's very good at music but not making it liking it him and his two employees at the record store and i don't i didn't know 
<laughs> go ahead. Is he, is he good at liking it or is he good at judging it? I think that's, you know, mm. like, he's a really good yeah, judger that's... of things, I think. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I didn't know going into this that Jack Black was up in this movie. Uh, yeah. Really? <laughs> Until I turned it on and I was like five minutes in, I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, whoa, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Jack Black? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you look exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Uh, I enjoyed... I enjoyed Jack Black's character. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. I don't always enjoy Jack Black, but I yeah. did. Well, <laughs> I did enjoy film. his character. His character, I, I, like, I had a moment where I was like, oh, well, at least Jack Black's character is worse than John Cusack's character, but in some ways, like, was more likable. Like, <laughs> like Jack Black being his most obnoxious version, like... Was still more yeah. likable, still had more redeeming qualities, I think, than the main character of this movie. Yes. So I think I think that's part of what this movie suffers from in retrospect. Uh, because watching it again, I rewatched it mm-hmm. just because I hadn't in a while, and I, I mean, I knew I already knew some of the things mm-hmm. that would be problematic, and I I watched it again, and Justin watched it with me because I think he was as big a fan of it as I was mm-hmm. back in the day, uh, and. Part of it is that the main character I do not think is supposed to be as likable as John Cusack is is likable, you know, as he is playing it, as oh, it is okay. as it is yep. performed and written and acted. Yeah. I think the problem is that we have a picture of a guy who is selfish. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's very navel gazy. Mm-hmm. He's he's not really concerned with how anyone else is doing or feeling or what they're thinking or anything at any Mm -hmm. time. And it's evident in his past relationships. It's evident in his current relationship. He has very little interest or even thought like why he should care Mm -hmm. how Laura feels or what she wants or Mm -hmm. needs. Um, And so he should be kind of a jerk. Yeah. But he's given so many opportunities to be funny and, lovable and witty and mm-hmm. clever and there it's hard to just dislike him and i i i think i don't know if it's a casting issue because john cusack is like that or i don't know but i i think that his character needs to be a lot more unlikable than he is played mm. uh, yeah i found him plenty unlikable but maybe that's just me i don't know i'm not <laughs> yeah i'm not charmed by john cusack so i guess that's you know well it sounds like a I, you I had a I used to have a tote bag I with John Cusack this, yes. on it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I feel like for me, this is the first time ever seeing this movie, and it's the year 2020. It, it wasn't that hard for me to be like, oh, this this jerk. Come on, this guy's the worst. I, I don't know if it was like, it was just kind of everything about him, which is kind of it was the way that I feel like, which I think was interesting to think about the quote unquote villain guy of a modern like rom com movie would uh-huh. be written. Like that's wow. the kind of guy in a modern coming of age. And I was gonna say young adult, but he's like what, thirty six in this movie? Is that what you all said? In the I think he's supposed to be in his early to mid thirties. Yeah. 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 Which is older than I would say most movies of this type would play their main characters now. Yeah. Um but his whole self-absorbed, like, arrogant, know-it-all, why don't girls like me, I'm great kind of attitude. Like, that's how all the bad guys that the girls think they want to date at first and then end up finding their real good guy. That's how they're written in all, like, the the modern movies. Yeah, I mean, like, if this movie was, was, if these same characters existed in the modern age, they'd be on the internet, like, you know, 
in incel communities i feel like like yes. why does nobody appreciate me like i have yeah. records and can tell you obscure facts about things you're not interested in uh which made me actually, because, you know, to the, like, the, the main three, the, the, the three people that work in the record store, the main character, Jack Black's character, and then uh, Dick is the other character. Uh, yeah. yeah. The only the only redeemable character in this movie, except maybe Bruce, well, Bruce Springsteen's in it, so that's, there's that, but. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Bruce Springsteen's yeah. great. Uh, but, like, you know, there's a difference between, like, that character, Dick, who's, like, really passionate about vinyl, really passionate about it, and, like. Clearly yeah. very into it, fascinated, versus the other two characters that seem to arm themselves with their knowledge and use it against people in, like, horrible ways. This is really a divide that I think is very real and you will encounter it throughout life of, like, people that are passionate about things, very cool. People that use their passions as weapons against other people, bad people. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's very true. I think it was, I think that's why it dates it so much to see your protagonist written mm -hmm. this way. Yeah. Because I, I looked at it as like an evolution for me as a young, as a young woman watching it, this was an evolution of the male character that I was supposed to like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was at least an evolution in a direction that I could appreciate because, well, he says things that are interesting He's funny. Mm -hmm. He seems decently smart. And that's better than the previous, like, male, like, dreamboat, heartthrob, main leading guy archetype who is, like, silent and handsome. And that's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe punches sometimes. <laughs> Punches. You know, I mean, like, well, I mean, it was at least, like, okay, well, I, I like the direction where, like, I would I would be into a guy who talks back <laughs> and <laughs> I mean that was yeah. but no was it a healthy direction no because as much as that is not the kind of role model I would want young men to aspire to be mm -hmm. because he is he's totally self-centered mm -hmm. and and totally arrogant and complete uses his knowledge to exclude others mm -hmm. which is none of this is nice or kind but uh he also shaped the kind of woman I thought I should become mm -hmm. stuff because those messages told me like, uh, if I'm going to get a guy like that to be into me, I got to be a lot cooler. I need to be a lot more into what he's into. Mm -hmm. I need to figure out what guys think is cool and like that. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be cool. Yeah. Which, Which is like the downfall of a whole generation of women. Right. I mean, my, myself included. But <laughs> it's strange because like in within this movie the idea that liking all the right stuff gets you the guy is is kind of doesn't work because you've got Marie de Salle which by the way if you're looking for the character you should be like enamored with in this movie she's right there mm -hmm. uh but she has all the cool mm. interests, knows all about the cool music facts. They hook up that one night, and then as soon as he turns away from her, he's back to thinking about Laura. So she was the quote-unquote cool girl who liked all the stuff that he liked. He talked about how great it was to share all this stuff. And then immediately it's like, that's done. Like, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. you know, if it's if it's not what you're like, if it's what you like, then, then why didn't that work? Uh and he's also incredibly manipulative with her. I hadn't really thought about oh, it yeah. until I rewatched the scene, but he describes how he got to sleep with her. And he talks about like, I, I talked about things in vague ways that 
were warm and caring, but also like hinted at a deep ocean of melancholy. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's so contrived. I and hated it. Uh, the whole time I was like, oh, God. It, well, no. I, it, I, it had never like I don't think I'd ever thought about it until I rewatched it. Yeah. This week. And I was like, oh, that's. Ugh, yeah. This sounds rough. <laughs> This is rough. The, the only thing that made me okay with that was she seemed to kind of be like, yeah, I just really wanted to sleep with somebody. So whatever, dude. Bye. <laughs> like, that was just fine. Like, yes. At, least, at yes. least she maybe didn't buy it. I don't. I think that they give her that. I actually think mm-hmm. they give her that pretty well that she does not yeah. buy it. The yeah. look she, when he says, I'll call you, the look she gives him. It's like. That's not what yeah. this was about. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> let's not. You don't yeah. have to. Please. Let, please don't. Yeah. Actually, that's, let's not play games. No. This was, I liked you. You liked me. We had a nice night together. Now, please go about your way. Yeah. <laughs> leave me Leave me be. <laughs> and, and I mean, I like that they give her that empowerment. And it's not like in a desperate, sad way. It's a, right. I got what I was looking for. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. Thank you. Next. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. But speaking of sad, what about some of the other women that he revisits? Like those interactions. Yes. Let's be- before we I want to go through those because I think that those are the uh, just like the main character never thinks about any of the women he's interacted with. <laughs> I think that the movie skates past them. Yes. And I want to discuss them further. So but before we do that, let's check the group message. Uh, Hey. You guys had a long day at work, yeah, or a tough, a tough day at school. Most days at work. This is my work. It's well, been a yeah, long I day know, at work, but like okay. school. Riley, you're not playing a lot. Yeah, I've had a really tough day at school. Are you feeling like I don't have the energy to go out and interact with the world? Always. I am not going to cook. Yes, but I I am hungry. Yes. Well, then DoorDash is here for you. (gasps) Tell me more. Uh, DoorDash can connect you to all your favorite restaurants in the city. Uh, It's super easy. You just open up the app, pick uh, what restaurant you want, pick the food you want to eat. You don't have to talk with anybody on the phone. (laughs) That's my favorite part. You don't have to drive anywhere. You can go ahead, put on your sweatpants. Uh, order the food you want, and it will be delivered to you wherever you are. Uh, not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. So you might find a new favorite one, too. And we have it here in Huntington. Yeah. Which is wild. <laughs> I know. It's amazing and yeah. wonderful. Uh, it solves all your problems, because how many times have you been like... Oh, man, I waited too long. It's too late to cook. I've really got to watch High Fidelity again so I can talk about it on a podcast. Um, but yep. I just want somebody to bring me uh, some some food from the only Indian restaurant in Huntington. But it's also very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out DoorDash, what should they well, do? Well, you can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BUFFERING. So that's five bucks off your first order. Just download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code BUFFERING. Don't forget, that's promo code BUFFERING. Five bucks off your first order of $15 or more. So, uh, Taylor, you mentioned we should talk about the other uh, female characters in the movie, and I think we should. Because yes, that is, I think, the primary problem that sort of 
gets addressed vaguely is that Rob never thinks about other people. Right. Like at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, he goes through these five relationships largely not really. He says to find out why he got rejected. But n- not really. Yes. It's not really about that. No, because really he kind of maintains like defending himself the entire time. Yes. He wants to hear what they have to say so that he can refute it. Yes. Yeah. So he goes his first relationship when he was a child, Allison Ashworth, they kissed on the playground for three days after school. Mm -hmm. And then she kissed Kevin Bannister. And then he finds out she married Kevin Bannister. Yeah. Which, can we point out that young John Cusack is played by Drake Bell of Drake and Josh fame in this film? (laughs) (laughs) I I paused the movie and I was like, hold on a minute. I know that face. Uh, And uh, and that's fine. That's fine. He chalks it up to fate. Okay. Mm I, I just like, he tries sure. to argue with the mother, I'm guessing, and uh, about if he was uh, yeah. <laughs> the first boyfriend. I like that at least the mother got to hang up on him. And there was one moment of like, thank you. Everyone should do this. <laughs> okay, Bob, I have to go now. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> uh, but then uh, then we move on to what I would say is the, the worst, uh, like in terms of stuff that hasn't aged well, that wasn't good when it happened but it's at so least happened bad. a lot then and yeah. then now we hopefully people know better the the penny the character the penny. Of penny is everything about it's hard because we note that like he revisits this relationship that he had in high school uh this girl that he liked because she was as far as we can tell he liked her because she was pretty and she listened to the right recording yes. artists mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but he he revisits her and they have a date and she has a cool job and he thinks everything she says is cool and she's still pretty and she's great. But his only interest is to find out why, in fact, she wouldn't sleep with him in high school, but she did sleep with another guy. Yes. Which is just it's all gross. It's all the worst. It's all the worst. And there are there's a whole scene. It should be noted that uh, has it's like the idea of consent didn't exist. Yeah. Uh-huh back then he calls not true women's breasts like the property of men yeah. right mm-hmm. and like they they decided to annex them from uh, the all of it. i was just watching my jaw down like this can't be what i'm watching can't be happening well, and, and then she she describes to him this very painful situation that she went to but, but i mean partially it is because of his actions that led to uh, i don't want to go too much detail but like and it's like afterwards he's like oh cool by like clearly this girl was yeah, traumatized for a large portion of her life mm-hmm. yeah but then but all he all he remembers from this conversation is oh yeah i broke up with her mm-hmm. so it's fine now yep moving on um and her experience in her life is completely negated and i think the thing is like that's very evident like the the beat there is it's such a fast transition from her I mean, this awful story that she tells to his like, oh, that's right. I wasn't rejected. I rejected her. This is great. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a fast turnaround that I think it's intentional. It's supposed to look awful. Yeah. Like, it's filmed that way. It's yeah. not like, don't you realize how bad he looks? No, he's supposed to look bad. Mm-hmm. But they just never, I feel like they, they graze against the idea that he's a bad guy. 
and then turn away from it well, instantly. It, yeah. Like they never fully embrace it. It felt like it was almost played for laughs. Like, oh, this guy is such a jerk. Look at him. He's great. Like, it was. It, it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's the quick cutaway, and then he asks for the check, and it's just like the scene is very comedically filmed, which was just really gross to me. Yeah. And and it's hard because like if if that's the way you're gonna play this guy, he's got to get his comeuppance. Mm-hmm. He has to lose. If you uh, if you want to write a bad guy as your main character, you have to have something bad happen to them. Yes, like there has to be some sort of like you know karma in this in this universe. And you can't. He he has this scene that in the book I always felt like was a lot better, where he lists he uh, he has a mutual friend with his ex Laura played by his sister Joan Cusack, Mm -hmm. which I will say one redeeming thing about the movie, the interactions between them on screen are so good. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I mean, if you didn't know they were siblings, you would think they just had amazing chemistry. They're just really great when they fight on screen. Anyway, but uh, where she, so she's the mutual friend. She's trying not to play sides. And then all of a sudden she's on Laura's side and calling him an a-hole. And (gasps) he reveals (laughs) That he did a series of bad things to Laura that are probably why she thinks he's an a-hole now. And that Laura has now told him. And uh, in the book, it's played like he lists these things. And then he says, and I know these all sound bad. And then he gives you context for them. Mm -hmm. And they aren't, I'm not going to say they're understandable, but at least you see where this, at least you see how these things happened. Sure. Uh, And then he says, but I challenge you to like, write down the four worst things you've ever done on a piece of paper and see how you feel. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's funny because in the book, it's a lot more like we've, we've all done bad things, you know, mm-hmm. and if you just lay them out in a line, we can all look like terrible people and it's a lot more understandable. But then in the context of this character, it's, it does seem even the more unforgivable because he says yeah. all this stuff that he did to his girlfriend. And then in the very next scene, he's like, so I'm going to call up all my exes and find out why I got rejected. And it's like, well, did you just hear what you just said? You just said why you did. Like you just said it yourself. You did all this t- hor- terrible stuff. You're bad. Like you cheated on her and you, you did owe her bad. money and yeah. you said you wanted to sleep with somebody else. And yeah. This like rewind a few seconds and <laughs> you have your answer. You don't need to do the rest of this film. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like he's almost to like an important realization that reducing people to five item lists is not a good way to communicate, judge or interact with people. And then he's just like, but moving on <laughs> top five, some other yeah. stuff. Yeah, because he does. He mo- he moves right on. And then, I mean, we go to um, Sarah is the name of the relationship he had with mm-hmm. the she got dumped. He got dumped. So mm-hmm. they kind of joined their sadness. Yeah, they, they got into a, like a sad rebound relationship yeah and then she dumped him for somebody else and i don't know what the message is there it's just all very sad yeah they were both sad so it was sad i guess he realized i i don't know are we supposed to think he's a nice guy because he says he could have slept with her because she was sad and lonely but he didn't take advantage well, of that are we supposed to like is oh, that okay. his redeeving moment is this it <laughs> no, because he doesn't just say i could have but it's the only reason she'd want to sleep with me is she's sad he said no it would be sleeping with a whole sad single culture like it's like you know you're below me now like it's because he was <laughs> judging her i guess that's true yeah uh, and then the i and then the the final um the final girlfriend he revisits is charlie, charlie. uh I did not name my daughter for her in case anybody. Are you sure? I'm quite, quite <laughs> certain. 
In case anyone out there is like, is that why? No, no. Yes. <laughs> no. Uh, but I, you know, it's funny because like I had a moment as I was watching this where I found myself in crisis trying to figure out how I feel about Charlie. Because <laughs> the idea is that he dated Charlie in college and she was way out of his league. She was cool and, and artsy and smart and, and beautiful had friends and funny. And, yeah. And, yeah. And just like all this great stuff. And so he goes to a dinner party with her now and she's still all these things, mm-hmm. except for now he says it's all crap. Everything she says is stupid. She's not very smart. Mm-hmm. She's not funny. She's not interesting. Mm-hmm. She doesn't listen to people. And I found myself watching going, well, maybe that's all a lie. I can't trust I, you. Yeah, I had the yeah. same feeling because I remember watching the movie when I was younger and thinking that she was uh, like believing that she's an awful character and what a weird revelation. And when I was watching it, I was like, I don't know. She's she's su- clearly successful. She's surrounded by successful people. Like this is somebody that is that is one is like a like. I think he's like yeah. I agree. I was like no, this is all garbage. She's I think she's amazing and just yeah, yeah was way 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 too good for you and continues to be. Yeah. And you're just trying to justify it in this framework you're giving yourself to justify all of your past breakups. He was just bitter that she left him for somebody better back when they broke up that was it (laughs) which is basically what she says like you you were miserable Mm -hmm. and sad and like not fun and you didn't seem happy and i found someone who was and we were in college so you know these aren't exactly sophisticated relationships so i I moved on i don't know if that was supposed to be another moment of like feeling bad for for John Cusack there like oh he felt insecure because she was so great and she broke up with him because he just like couldn't couldn't feel that confidence in himself and she should have like reassured him like I didn't know if it was supposed to be that like oh it's not his fault but again I liked her the whole time I just thought he was just like bitter it's very 90s I think it's supposed to be like Marco you barely get an idea of who this person is other than I think he's supposed to be very attractive yeah that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. He was supposed to be cool and attractive and he got dumped for the captain of the football team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really think that's the equivalent you're looking for here yeah. is he's just the nerdy guy who's doing his best and yeah. he got dumped for the hot guy and don't you feel bad for him? I really right. think that's that that's that beat. Yeah. Um but like you can't play that game with us cuz we know now. Yeah. Well, we've seen you in the flashback when they show like her bead with Marco. It's like he's standing outside her apartment calling her names like he's saying horrible things to her. That's what I was going to say. He's like he's screaming and calling her names, but then saying like, can't we just talk this out? No, you be it's like, what? What? No. (laughs) Did you hear yourself? And I mean, and I think it's it's supposed to be, again, I think that it's intentionally funny. Like, it's supposed to be played for laughs. Right. Like, can you believe what he just said? Uh, but it's it's just hard because I never, again, as the movie progresses, like, he goes through this crisis. We find out, as a side note, that uh, Lara is, is now dating someone else. Yeah. Um, Ian? Ian. Mm-hmm. Played by Tim Robbins. Mm-hmm. And it is he. By the way, his performance, man, <laughs> he's yeah. so good. He's so ah, uh, and so good. Sydney loves Tim Robbins. I do because he's so brilliant in that role. Everything he does is the like skeeziest, but 
like he's so good at it. It's so <laughs> good. Know, it's even that, like I remember his character being just like so awful. And then on the rewatch, I'm like, I don't know. This guy clearly he's he's got a, a aesthetic that I don't particularly like, and that's fine. But like, I don't know. He seems to pay attention to her feelings. He seems concerned about like this honestly abusive ex boyfriend that's stalking her, as it seems like with the mm, amount of yes. calls and everything like i uh, if you take away all the like goofy like look at what a like lamo he is rappings that they put him in he just seems like a, a dude that's just trying to take care of someone to some degree like he's not that heinous mm. yeah no i mean oh, they no. try <laughs> the ponytail. they have the karate picture like i get it yes yeah. I, I get it but i just couldn't i couldn't really hate on him they tried so hard to make him a caricature of someone you're not supposed to like because he's taking the girl from your main hero and it's like i don't know i feel like at least that person would have yeah not taken her for granted well, well i already had so much dislike for john cusack it was like there's no one else in this movie i could like less i think well and i'm never gonna hate on tim robbins <laughs> <laughs> I just think he's excellent. I think he's very funny and his character's funny and he's very funny. Tell me more about Tim Robbins. No, I'm done now. <laughs> I just think it's very funny. Uh, yeah. But the, I do find it, I did find this turn, it was funny because Justin said, I don't think it's believable and I actually said I, I thought it was more believe, one of the more believable parts that the turn in the movie, what saves Rob from his loneliness and rejection uh, mm-hmm. is that Laura's father passes away. Yes. And basically in her grief and loss and sadness and shock, she returns to Rob. Yeah. Which I actually feel like for better or for worse is is a pretty honest depiction pretty of, fair. of what can happen. I mean, yeah. not to everybody, certainly, but right. like, I think if you were in a very long term relationship that felt safe mm-hmm. and you go through something that tragic, you you may well revert mm-hmm. back to that relationship, whether it was good for you or not. So I actually thought that was yeah. a pretty honest, you know, that could happen. And I do think it's interesting that she even says when they're in the car after they decide to get back together, she's like, well, there'll be romance at some point, probably like, this is what you want, right? Like, we'll just, yeah, this is fine. They'll be sure. I'm some too other tired time. not to too be tired with you. not to be with you. It's very like, because I can imagine watching this and being young, being like, oh, yay, they're going to be back together. And like, oh, how romantic. But then like, wait, wait, what? Wait, there's no romance. Wait, isn't there supposed to, isn't this when they're supposed to be like the big like music build up and the kiss and they hug and then the credits roll. But no, it's just very like, and he's okay with that. He's okay. He's like, okay, that's fine. (laughs) As long as you're not with Ian and you're with me. Like what? Well, and it, it, he really like I don't think at that point he has changed at all. No. I don't think he's grown or changed. This was not a Scrooge um, moment for him where he visited all the ghosts and was like I'm a new man now. No. He's no, he's the same. He he all, he used all those experiences to reinforce what he already believed and felt mm-hmm. and make him feel better about those beliefs. And you the only hint you get that things have changed or he's grown is at the very end because he it, it's it's kind of insinuated that he's thinking about maybe stepping out with this new girl mm-hmm. who's interviewing him for a magazine and who clearly is into him mm-hmm. and he starts making a mixtape for which is like 
Red that flag. moment I was like, oh man. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, I mean, because you know, in the '90s, making a mixtape was oh man, mm. that was everything. Yeah. That's big time. Yeah, you don't you don't just do that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and even Laura knows the implications. Right. And she's just like, I'm just not going to say anything. Yeah. Um, but then he realizes that he doesn't want to do that, and so he proposes to Laura, sort of. It's. Well, I think he, I think he parrots I, her words too. He says something along the lines of being too tired to do otherwise yeah. as well. So this is is this the resolution mm-hmm. that we just watch two people just wear each other out emotionally to the point that they're just gonna be together? Uh, yeah, these guys. <laughs> like I guess that was supposed to be his realization of his wrongdoing. Was that maybe was it that he couldn't commit to her and like he wasn't ever fully invested in her, but now he's going to be. Yes, and I think that, that is what was, you're supposed to... That was his big realization. Like, that's always been his problem all along. But also, it definitely was not his problem all along. And he has many other problems as to why he is not a good partner. But that's the one he picks. He's like, well, I guess to fix that, I'll propose. Yeah. I, it's the most, like... It's hard because he what he says is so... Um, it's so immature, he says that the it, it never the fantasy never delivers. Yeah, and it's like it, at his age, the idea that he's one clinging to some like two dimensional mm-hmm. fiction girl that he really wants, mm-hmm. and two realizes that that's not how humans work. Um, it's really scary. Like it speaks to a deep set yes. immaturity and and like lack of of understanding and empathy and growth. Yeah. That is truly disturbing. <laughs> His lines are written like he's like supposed to be 18 yeah. or 20 years old. Yes. But he's 36. Yeah. It's disturbing. And I mean, the only the only hint you get that he's really changed, I think, is at the very end when he's making a mixtape for Laura. And he says that he's putting stuff on it that will make her happy. Mm-hmm. Stuff that she would like. And that that is. <laughs> wow. That's supposed to be. Well, it's supposed to be meaningful because the entire movie he spent telling other people what he likes his top five his top five and now he's trying to think about what someone else might like so he is for the first time in his life attempting empathy think about other people (laughs) like wow great job what a what a hero's journey again this like this is a moment that i could see in in the middle point in the climax of a movie like, oh, he's learning. And then by the end, it's like, oh, yay, he's actually a decent person <laughs> you now. You talk about him like he's AI. Like, oh, yeah. it's learning. <laughs> it's learning. <laughs> Whoa. But it's like when you're like, I don't know, litter box training your cat. It's like, oh, look, they went for the first time. They're learning. But that's like the ending of this movie. The yes. first time they go in the litter box. Like, oh, that's it. It's the most apathetic ending to a to a love, quote unquote, love story oh. ever. It was a very, it's just a very 90s love story, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say the the idea that like you you end up together because you both, not because you both want to be with each other, but because you can't not be with each other. Yeah. That's very 90s. Yeah. I just, because the thing is, the weird thing about it is that I still, I was entertained by this movie. What I'm realizing is that if you took out the two characters that I think we're supposed to care about, Rob and Laura, if you took them out of the story, I don't. The, all those other characters, I don't watch a movie about them. I would watch some sort of like cute, like 
you know, like romance between Anna and Dick. I love that. That side story. That's great. I would watch the musical pro- career progression of Jack Black along with the punk kids like Marie DeSalle. Yeah. yeah. Even even Tim Robbins character. Yes. Like all the characters that revolve around these people have so much more <laughs> interest to me than this is like, yes. but no, focus on the mayonnaise at the center of the story. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they are the least That's interesting. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I will say that maybe it will be better in the in the remake that Hulu is doing that comes out on Valentine's on Day. Valentine's Day. Uh, uh, the, it's still called High Fidelity, mm-hmm. but it's like a 10 episode series yeah. or something. And it stars Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. So it's supposed to be all gender swapped, I guess, mm-hmm. and more modern, but still very similar premise and everything. And it's set in your neighborhood. Yeah, they've filming all around a, a bunch of places that I know. That's wild. They've, they've moved it from Chicago to Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, from London to Chicago to Brooklyn. So we'll see how it has <laughs> yeah. changed. Um, I'm sure that will be of note to our show in yes. the future. It'll be interesting to see. I would not recommend if you ever go back and find that there is a musical. <laughs> there was a musical. Uh-huh. That ran for like 10 days. 10 days. Uh, I would not recommend that. Hmm. Based on my listening to it, my brief listening I to really the music. I really want to go listen to it now. I, I would not. I would not highly, re- but I I will say like man, I read that book. You should see my copy of that book. Mm-hmm. It is so weathered. It mm-hmm. is so well worn because I read it so many times. I saw the movie so many times. I listened to that soundtrack over and mm-hmm. over and over. I do recommend the soundtrack. Um, yeah, I thought it was very good. Yeah, uh, and I, I it's hard because I'm never gonna say I hate this movie. And I, I still yeah. laughed at points watching it, and I still enjoyed parts of it. Right. Um. It's hard to let go of something that was like, it was so firmly lodged in like my teen years as Mm -hmm. something that was formative for me, something that helped me like my, I would say late, late teens, early Mm -hmm. twenties helped me try to form who I thought I wanted to be. Yeah. And then I had to like go back and say, okay, well that was wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to (laughs) be, I don't want to be with somebody who just likes me because I said I like the same bands they like. Yeah. Uh, I want, you know, I want but a lot I mean, more and I deserve a lot more. And we all do. We yeah. all deserve better than that in a relationship. But it, it, I had to undo a lot yeah. of damage. I do think the initial like viewing and, and appreciation for something like that when you're younger, though, is just as important as your later going back and reviewing your, your thoughts on it. Like you still, it, it meant different. It meant something different to you when you're a teenager than it does when you're an adult. Right. Everything does. You just, you see things differently. Also, it was the 90s or 2000, and now it's been 20 years. Things are very different culturally and everything. So you always have that same. I didn't hate it. I just, in comparison to to rom-com movies that are supposed to be of similar vibe of modern day, it was very different. (laughs) Difficult to watch. Perhaps out of touch. A little bit out of touch, yes. Considering it came out when I was being born. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's a yeah. little hard for you to, yeah. Yeah. But I am looking forward to watching uh, the Hulu series. Uh, and Taylor, do you want to tell us what we're going to talk yes. about next week? So uh, also in line with things that were really impactful on us in our youth that maybe, you know, deserve somewhat of a critical mm-hmm. eye, but also, I mean, this this a little less so. I still think this is a pretty mm-hmm. important work. Uh, I'm going to bring to the table... Uh, the Killing Joke, 
uh, the the Batman comic that is focused on the Joker, uh, written by Alan Moore, uh, fantastically illustrated by Brian Boland. Um, one of the books that is mentioned so often in the discourse of the modern movies, the modern interpretations of the Joker, uh, is a lot that happens in it. Some some good, some bad. So I don't know. I would love for you my sisters to give it a read and then anyone that wants to you know listen next week as well it's a short book yeah. it's easy to find uh but yeah we're gonna you know while the joker's winning all the awards this award season let's uh let's go back to one of the the, the core origin stories let's do it yeah. have, have you ever read it riley i have not i i have once but it's a long time yeah. ago so i will say i'm very excited the only comic books i ever read growing up were archie's that Good. were your old ones so all right. This will be this will be exciting. This will be a departure. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll check that out for next week. And in the meantime, thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on your network. Uh, check out MaximumFun.org for a lot of other shows you would enjoy. Uh, you can tweet at us at StillBuff. And you can email us at StillBuffering at MaximumFun.org. And also, if you have ideas like of stuff that you think we should talk about yeah. let us know you know, tweet at us or email us or whatever like mm-hmm. any kind of movie or music or book or comic book or cartoon or i mean anything anything literally anything uh and uh i think oh and thank you to the novellas for a theme song baby change mine uh this has been a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us i am riley spurl i'm sydney mcroy <laughs> and i'm taylor spurl <laughs> I am still buffering, and and we, we are too. <laughs> Man, I was on it that time. It wasn't me. You were looking at me like, "Go, Taylor," and I'm like, "What? What's going on?" You're totally spaced out. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Why don't we do it in age order? It's week two. We'll get there eventually. Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the odd couple. Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Baby, this is family. My Uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. <laughs> a new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.